Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. It's not brain science. It's rocket surgery. This is Just Imagine 1930 and Flash Gordon 1980. The Incomparable, number 618, June 2022. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. This is a weird episode, everybody. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> we're taking started a, yet. We're taking a trip to the 1980s, uh, but really to the 1930s, but kind of the 1980s. By way of the 1930s. By way of the 1930s. This is an episode about two films, one from 1930 called Just Imagine, which imagines the futuristic world of 1980, and a film from 1980, the futuristic world of 1980, Flash Gordon. Uh, based on the movie serials from uh, the 1930s. So you see what we did there? Joining me to talk about these two films are these wonderful people. Monty Ashley joins us. Hello. Hi, Jason. Uh, I have a question up front. Is this a rocket surgery episode? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> there were rockets in the movies. We'll see. I've seen Flash yes. Gordon so many times. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, David J. Laura is here. Hello. Hello. Hang on. I'm I'm setting up my hats for my big musical number where I keep changing hats. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Shelly Brisbane it's joins exciting. us. Hello. I'd prefer that you call me D6. All right. <laughs> and uh, Moises Chuyan is here. Hello. Jason, I am the words, but you, you are the melody that makes the incomparable sing. Mm, indeed. Indeed. And uh, here he's going to get a shot in the butt later. It's Steve Lutz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just my regular Saturday night thing, though. Yeah. Say. <laughs> it's good to be here, Jason, or as they say on Mars, ging, gang, galong, gak. <laughs> Gungalong. Oh. Um, I didn't know that we were getting a course in Lutz linguistics. <laughs> For free? Uh, let's start with Just Imagine. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's Moises's fault. He said, look, there's this movie from 1930 on YouTube. You can just watch to be, it. To, to be fair to me, I did preface it with, there is this insane movie yeah. from 1930. Yeah. Well, you weren't wrong. I mean, you were wrong to recommend it to us, but you weren't wrong. <laughs> <in describing it. laughs> so just imagine is a, uh, a, a science fiction musical called on a zeppelin. because of course it is sort of it is uh it's it, a we have sound now so let's cram as much crap in as we possibly can spectacular yes I, martian martian gold diggers of 1930 <laughs> it's the first sound science fiction movie it's when they were like let's what can we do and yes. what they yeah. can do is uh well this 
And it's it's literally uh, Brown, De Silva, and Henderson who wrote for the the scandals on Broadway. They wrote all kinds of reviews and stuff. Uh, several musicals. Uh, they wrote songs you know, like California Here I Come, and If You Knew Susie, and and Avalon, and uh, and so they were like, hey, we can make a movie. What what David well, is saying is well, that these people did very good work, and none of it is in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty also, much. Uh, so one of the things, and this this part is definitely rocket surgery. I don't know about Flash Gordon. We can talk about that later. But um, it, it, yeah, it is. Just imagine. <laughs> I think it is too. Just imagine. Yeah, it is. Is fascinating because it's it's as if part of the way through they realized they didn't have enough movie. But this thing runs out to an hour and 48 minutes. They had enough movie. It's an incredibly long movie for that era. It is very long. That's because it's three movies. It is a drama. It is a it is a legal drama set in the future. A dystopian legal drama. Yes, involving LN18, Maureen O'Sullivan, and J21, John Garrick, who really want to get married. But uh, there's a complex series of laws that have some other uh, jerk, MT3. He's empty, you see. Uh, he wants to marry her. Um, so that that's going on. Jason, maybe we should explain to the listeners who might not understand that in the future, everyone has a number instead of a name. Uh, and a le- well, letters and a number, but yeah. No, they never they never quite explain why that is, but uh, everyone has a number now. Because it's the and, future. And now it's how Elon Musk names his children. Um, so they did kind of, uh, you know, get a little bit of pressions through. Late um, in the film, a character who is... I, I mean, spoilers for just a match. <laughs> um, spoilers it's, for a movie that's ninety two years old, ninety eight years old. Jason, yeah, Jason, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like there does need to be a disclaimer here because it sounds like we're making something up, which is something we would never do. To be clear, no, we know we would um, never do that. This is a real movie, movie. You can just watch it, it on YouTube. It, it, it's on YouTube. And you it's should. in the public domain. You no, 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 you no, really no, 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 you shouldn't. But you could. Oh yes. But but, but, but oh, so, I'm going to be firmly on the Monty side on this one. My my point about about just imagine is that, um, so there's a character uh, who is uh, who is, well, he's dead and he's brought back to life and anyway he's reunited with his son who is now an old man because it's been fifty years since he was anyway it, it I, I don't understand that but anyway we get there to the ending. but but the name. He just ha- he he has a name, and the movie doesn't ever explain like what happened to the people who had names. Have they been reassigned letters and numbers? Yeah, clearly. I guess. I guess. But his son Axel still has his name. Yeah, X- well, he remembers his name. He's actually XL. Uh, uh, Eighteen. Okay, it could be. Uh, it could be. Okay. Anyway, so so three things in this movie: the legal drama set in the futuristic <laughs> world of the nineteen eighties. Um. A musical, because why not? And then there's a whole adventure that is had on Mars, as you do on <laughs> Mars. And 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 top build a vaudeville performer oh. playing a character <sighs> that very clearly, to, to to some extent or another, inspired Fry in Futurama. Well, I was going to say this. This has huge welcome to the world of tomorrow vibes. Yeah. And it was intentional. Except I mean, there's stuff doesn't. in this. Well, the vaudevillian, I mean, in 1930, you have to have at least one and and preferably multiple vaudevillians in your movie. And in this case, we get just just L. Bendel, whose whole shtick was uh, playing this sort of amiable, uh, clueless, goofball Swede. Swede. 
Um, it's, important, it's important to get you, the, ra- probably, the racism yeah. of the 1930s in there. Right. Well, well, All the his Swedes. His original shtick was apparently to be an amiable goofball German, and that had sort of fallen out of favor mm. in previous years. So now he had moved on to the Swedes, uh, which had the added benefit of nobody actually knowing what they sounded like, so his terrible accent wouldn't confuse anybody. Right. But I think he, I'm sure you've heard the the, the phrase "yumpin yimini." I think that was his. I think was. he was the dude who who. And then that there was were other phrase. people that did that stereotype in that era, and basically the stereotype was that the Swede was perhaps an immigrant, a bumpkin, not mm-hmm. very smart, you know, and so all the other things that you can apply racism to and just let's make it a Swedish guy. Yeah. If you buy a book of vaudeville routines, which I have done several times, there's going to be, <laughs> you know, a chapter for this race, a chapter for this race for like 12 races. <laughs> the uh, What's fascinating about El Brindel as double O, as he's called. Or Sing- single, single O. o. No, single single o. o. Sorry, my, my mistake. His son Please. is double O probably. <laughs> Uh, Axel, the uh, single O is because it's a joke because he didn't get assigned an, a, a letter and a number. So he... and his old timey name was Ole Jacobson. Yeah, so now he's single. O. And so, when he's brought back to life, they just say, "Well, you're back to life. See ya. Deal with it and walk yes, away." Yes, there, there is a scientific experiment where Doctor X Ten says, "I am going to bring a man back to life who has been dead for fifty years." Now, how how is his body intact? We don't know. Was he was he frozen? No, we didn't say. Did was he exhumed? It it doesn't matter. Just suffice it to say that we're going to like lightning him, and uh, he was struck by lightning. Now they light they lightning him, and then he he wakes up and he's like, oh. I am alive again. And they go, great, good luck, buddy. It's like Gilligan getting hit in the head with a coconut again. Yeah. The one piece of information that we do know is how he died, which was playing golf. So he comes back to life saying four without a golf club in his hand, Mm -hmm. wearing very formal attire for somebody who was outside (laughs) golfing. Yes. Yes. So what- They do it different in Sweden. What is is perplexing about his presence in this movie is that he doesn't belong in it. Uh, if you think about the story, the story is about the 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 guy and his and his girlfriend, and he wants to marry her, and then he's got his buddy, and they're gonna and and he gets recruited to take the rocket ship to Mars, and all of that is what the story is. And then wandering through the movie is single O, <laughs> and the movie at various points, and, and knowing what I know now, having read up about it and having talked to some of the people who are here about this, uh, you know, it was oh well, you're gonna you're gonna get people are gonna come. To to see it because vaudeville star l brandell is in it so the movie stops at various points so he can do whatever it is that he does and then it it resumes but if you don't get the context of it it's like why is this why is he in this movie and why does he keep drifting through it and interrupting it to do kind of zany hijinks as double o single o single o I, I joked about, you know, the, the musical number with hats and, and there is one. There is that one. It just, everything stops dead for him to do this, this whole thing about here I am, the young boy and here I am, the farmer's girl. Uh-huh. And then he's got all the different hats of the, you know, the priest that marries them and the father and this. And it's his stage and, show basically just stuck in the yeah. movie. And it just keeps going. I wondered if that routine was the origin of the, you must pay the rent. I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. I'll yeah. pay the rent thing. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line in the movie might be when they're on the rocket ship to Mars, El Brendel suddenly shows up. They say, a stowaway. And he says, 
Yes, a stowaway. What you gonna do about it? I go, well, <laughs> nothing, I guess. You're and he on puts the ship up his now. dukes. That's the best part. He's yeah. gonna fight them. Yeah. He's well, like, at, I'm at, in this movie, jerks. And they say, We're going to Ma, Ma we go we're going to Mars. And he goes, Oh, what is she making dinner for us? It's like, oh, uh, oh. Yeah. oh. And yet we started off talking about him as opposed to whatever plot might have been going on the rest of the movie. So I, I totally agree that he does not really belong in this movie. He just sort of wandered on board, yes. uh, much in the way he ends he up on, on the, the rocket spaceship. ship. And, yeah. Yes. Uh, but I, I expected to hate him so much. And by the end, I was unexpectedly charmed by El well, Rindell. Yeah. I, I, I want to defend his presence in the movie because he's the part, he's the audience surrogate. Like the part yes. of the movie where they say, as you can see, we have pills instead of food and flying cars. He's the guy who says, wow. Yeah, it's true. He does Give do me that. the good old days when a steak was a steak. It's just the story is not about him. So he wanders through the movie as yeah. the surrogate. But well, the plot but does. He does save the day in the end. And uh, <laughs> the main character does point out that he's the true hero of the story. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's Chauncey Gardner and a much less interesting being there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it, it is it is a it is a wild movie. I like I like the moment in because this is a 1930 movie where it is explained something is likened to the Volstead Act. It's like it is like the Volstead Act, <laughs> oh, a noble yeah. experiment. No, if and there's I, one thing these guys hate, it's it's prohibition, and they make no bones about not being <laughs> prohibition fans. Most movies of the era hated prohibition, yeah. but yeah, these guys hated a lot, and uh, but and they've solved have a it. Modern though. take on it, yeah. They've solved it because now all drinks, all alcoholic drinks, are in pill are pills, form. Right. Yeah, but they're yeah. they're still contraband. Yeah, yeah, there's the joke about yeah. how pretty soon we'll have white wine and light beer. Ah, we were saying that in my day. Are they still uh -huh. saying that every year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was good. that was I was kind of blown away by that. Yeah, the the movie hates prohibition almost as much as it hates the fact that women aren't like grandma anymore. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. can drink. Boy, give me an old-fashioned ready girl, to make right? out. I hate these modern women, he says at one point. And of course, it's very telling that when they're they're envisioning the uh, the modern girl like grandma that they all they're wistfully thinking about, it's a, a woman uh, shaking a martini <laughs> in a shaker and a flapper outfit. Yeah, yes. I think that's a joke. I think they, this movie gets that. No, yeah. of course it's a joke, yeah. but yeah. it's 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 a. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's oh, the old-fashioned yeah, gal. Just shake it like grandma. That's that's what this movie's saying. <laughs> just making it old-fashioned. I meant to say that um, when double when sorry Singolo, I always want to call him Double O. That's uh, <laughs> that's his his grandson Double O Seven. He, um, he likes his pills shaken upstairs. He, wait, he, Timothy Dalton's in this movie? No, when, wait, huh? <laughs> when he is resurrected, Doctor X Ten, uh, you know, it, it doesn't really want to deal with him, and he's like, "Well, what do I do?" And Doctor X Ten says. I'm through with you. You're just an experiment. And he's like, well, what do I do? He said, well, I could kill you again. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Uh, That's the cold future that yeah. awaits us in 1980, Jason. Yeah, and the pro prohibition continuing through 1980, although that, that, that guy's drunk on pills, but it's okay. Um, if we could talk yeah. a little bit more about the futurism bit. Yes. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed was just the throwaway line. Um, that, that followed an explanation of all the different brands of, of, uh, hover planes ah, yes. that people are driving, Goldfarb. uh, Goldfarb. Oh, well, I guess, uh, they got even with Henry Ford. Um, yeah. that's a good line. That's I, a great I, line. <laughs> like dig on Henry Ford's anti-Semitism. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. 
that was it's pretty, solid. That was but yeah for for what is well. ostensibly a sci-fi film. This movie does not have a whole lot of highfalutin sci-fi ideas. No, uh, it's, it's most of them out on the opening placards. It's the first science fiction movie with sound. With sound. You have to give them some <laughs> credit here. Oh no, I agree. But it's it's hardly stuffed to the gills with you know fascinating yeah. ideas about the future. Well, there's I a mean, video well, phone and flying cars. I, yeah, and... Let, let, let's take it back for a second. They've got video phones. They've got flying cars. Brand no, they've new. They've got airplanes. That's the difference. Food, food, food pills, drink pills. They've Baby got dispensers. Cl- clothes with weird lapels. Huh? Yeah, they've got a dress <laughs> that you can turn inside out. They've got incredibly uh, inconvenient uh, Rube Goldberg level uh, convertible clothing. Right. There's a sink <laughs> that folds up into the closet for some reason. They've got a system where if you're supposed to marry someone, you can have five months, five weeks. Five somethings exactly to object. Yeah, I got four four months to make your uh, your your appeal, and that's exactly how long it takes to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. And here, here's here's the prescience there. Uh, in in a nod to uh, influencer culture, if you become famous enough, you can overrule anything. Right. It's also true. I, I do like the bit where the couple is standing on the street corner and they uh, they say, well, it's been a year. Should we have a kid? And then they walk up to the, the baby dispensary <laughs> vending machine. They push a little button and out comes a bouncing baby boy. And I believe single O says something about, oh, give me the good old days at that point. <laughs> we made but them the, like we used to. The the thing about, you know, if you become famous, you can get away with everything and, and solve the musical that was a big trope in musicals in the 20s and 30s on broadway now um the the mars plot kicks off with uh with the super scientist z4 who needs a pilot for his plane and and i i took the note that z4 is I, now at this point he john carradine was a young man but trust me this is the john carradine part in this movie <laughs> this is the devil. <laughs> well, I need a pilot, uh, you see, because we are. I mean, he's he's doing that. The gravity neutralizer will. Yeah, okay, whatever. He's got a. He needs a pilot <laughs> to go to Mars. You'll probably die, but maybe not. And uh, you fly to Mars. It takes. It'll take a while to get there. Um, he also has a strange little henchman in a, in a cape who seems like some kind of vampire that goes out and finds <laughs> depressed people to, to pilot his Mars rocket with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like that—that's the character that is that is that has the least to do. That I'm interested in everything about that person, and it's it's like watching one of the various different cuts of Metropolis that have existed over the years, where it's like it feels like there is more to this guy, and then you never see him again. The Mars launch happens. The the creep who is uh who is trying to take J twenty one's girl LN eighteen, um he wishes him well at the at the rocket launch, which is I thought kind of funny. He's a he's he's a jerk. She uh she's running up to the rocket launch because she wants to stop him from doing this, and uh, she as she passes out, she faints as the rocket launches. That's that's how that goes. Oh, but 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 before they take off, Jason, you you know what we need is a musical number, a drinking song. Hey, would you like to sing it? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's it's one of the worst uh, preserved bits of audio in the movie, where you can barely understand yeah. what they're saying, and then the audio kind of kicks back in uh, shortly after it. Yeah, the the prop hats bit is in this part too, right before they yeah. Uh, yeah. launch, though. Yeah. But it's, the but they're rolling a Zeppelin, so that's okay. And, and, well, and I'd say the the one good song uh, in the movie, "Never Swat a Fly," between D Six and uh, and Jay's buddy uh, uh, RT, um, yes. I, I, actually a pretty decent little song. 
uh, among a bunch of songs that are totally worthless. D6 is played by Marjorie White. She's the secondary woman. She's Maureen O'Sullivan's friend. I think she's great in this movie. She's, oh, she's a wonderful. Fire she is. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I like her. Mm-hmm. But while we're on the subject of tangents that are small but important, we've completely skipped over what's required in order to keep L. Brendel alive in his new 1980s environment, which is every three hours he's required to have a giant injection into his butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we got Steve onto this episode. Yeah, we, That's right. Steve, there's butt injections. You I'm got... not going to let you get, get by without mentioning it. Yes. And, and, the, uh... and, 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 and to be clear, it was Steve. There's booze in pill form. Uh, Hey, there's a baby vending machine. Uh, There's a giant injection in people's butts. Yeah. What's that you say? That's done did it. (laughs) But it's it's great because they use, she uses what appears to be like a bug sprayer (laughs) instead of a hypodermic. And it's, it it makes a slide whistle noise when she actually injects it, which I'm thinking if, if, if hypodermics really made a slide whistle noise, kids wouldn't hate getting shots so much. (laughs) And, and it is the, the, the old bug spray kind of thing. And, and El Brindel actually says, oh, it is time for the flit. Which was a brand of bug spray. Uh, right. And that was what Dr. Seuss's first big thing was, doing ads for Flit. So, uh, so that's many, the only reason I know it. So many references lost. This is like when Monty points out all the things that are um, topical references in Looney Tunes cartoons that we don't understand now. <laughs> it's a little like that. Yeah, I don't care about that. It's just the butt injections. It's just that the I'm butt. <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, they go to Mars where there are Martians. The Martians do a musical number that makes no sense and goes on a million times too long. Yep. Well, and and when they land, like you see an image of of of, a, of what is uh, what we see later is clearly a dog in a horrible costume that just scuttles down to the bottom of the frame, and you have no idea what you just saw. Like you wonder if there's something on the screen. Yeah, the dog actors in this have a have a rough have a rough <laughs> go. <of it. laughs> Earlier we see their uh, their the our. our lead character with j21 mm-hmm. apparently they have a dog named k9 get it yep. uh which i'm guessing that was supposed to be some sort of robot dog but really it's just a dog that they've shaved like half of his fur off at random places mm-hmm. which in the future dogs will have i guess missing patches of fur yeah. but it's uh yeah it's it's, uh, it's it's a little rough to be a dog in just imagine he's a he's a robo doodle it's a crossbreed <laughs> <laughs> robot uh, the Martians, uh, I, I don't even know, like the Martians are just kind of people. Um, there is, uh, they, but they have, but they have evil twins. <laughs> the, the, right. The, yeah. Everybody on Mars is a twin. Uh-huh. And the, and the, the, <laughs> one of the first I lo- ones that I we I love meet, how you just said that sort of just straightforordly. Okay. Just, let's just explain it, everybody. Everybody on Mars is a twin. Got it. Okay, good. The, we well, can, we move welcome on now. to Just Imagine where you just, like, you have to explain certain things that way. And just kind of go with it. Um, but but this one dude who's dressed like dollar store King Koopa, um, <laughs> because of the quality of the sound, when his name was originally said at some point, I thought his name was Goku. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought hair. it was Roku the first time he said it. <laughs> yes. But I think Turns he's, I think Loco, he's Bo- Boko and well. his evil twin is Loco. Yeah, he, he's he's lo- he, he, yeah, he he's Boko. His evil twin is Loco, and then the queen, the good Lulu. queen, is Lulu, Lulu, and the evil one is Zuzu. Boo boo, boo boo. I thought she was boo hey, boo boo. Or it's does totally she just boo-boo. say boo boo? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Lulu and boo boo. Boo boo. Clearly, in advanced <laughs> civilization, they have names that are doubled. So 
Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the development of what this this culture that is obviously stupid in the fine tradition of Star Trek, uh, we don't even really go that deep into what it is. We just we just get a real real fast impression that this is maybe the dumbest alien culture we've ever seen. <laughs> what more do you need to know? There's good Martians and then there's evil twin Martians and they're on the other side and they, they I guess when the good Martians get some visitors from space, the evil ones come and, and steal them away. Well, no, no, they come and boo them first. They boo them. <laughs> boo, yeah, boo. They boo them. But, but Steve, the good Martians uh, take off all of your clothes and put you in a bath and then send a bunch of women in and then it fades to black. Yes. That's why they're the yeah. good Martians. That's, That's why right. they're yes. the good ones. If then, you're a dude and not one of the women being sent in to... But, but, but as we know, women do not travel in space. I don't know. No, 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 they, no they definitely do not. Clearly not. Um, Again, to defend this movie, this is the, <laughs> this is the first alien culture <laughs> we've ever seen. It's 1930. Yes. yes. In, in movie and form, to be clear, at least. To be clear, I am also defending this movie. Monty is just doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they're, they're good good twins and evil twins. Um, but, but if you're very excited to discover what's happening on Mars, don't worry. Uh, we're going to stop the movie to look through the telescope uh, where he sees, uh, where, where J-21 sees Earth, but also sees his uh, beloved LN-18. Yeah, And she um, sort of talk sings the lyrics to a song uh, just to pass some time. In it was so good the first time we had to hear a reprise mm -hmm. from the earth <laughs> with Marino Sullivan's head. Through, through the lens of Jay suffering from hypoxia uh, on, on Mars, a place with a breathable atmosphere. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you in part by Collide. Collide sends employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Mac, Linux, and Windows devices right inside of Slack. It's perfect for organizations that care deeply about compliance and security, but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they're unusable and they frustrate all the people in your organization. Don't do that. Instead, educate your employees using Collide. You can educate them about security and device management while directing them to fix the important problems themselves. Collide knows that for IT admins, the key to solving some of the most common security issues is to educate your end users. So they do this by instructing developers to set passphrases on unencrypted SSH keys or finding plain text two-factor backup codes and teaching the users how to store them securely, encouraging employees to uninstall bad browser extensions that may have really hinky security policies. These are just some of the many use cases cases that are not solved by locking down devices. Try Collide today with all its features on an unlimited number of devices for free for 14 days with no credit card required. Try it out at collide.com slash Snell. That's my last name. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash S-N-E-L-L. -L. And if you enter your email when prompted, you'll get a free Collide gift bundle after trial activation. Thank you to Collide for supporting the incomparable. Forgive me, but I... um. Uh, my notes about what happens on Mars are incoherent. <laughs> Is that because it's That's incoherent yes. or? Yes. yes. No, I, I think yes. you're right. I think so. I I strongly defend this movie. The Mars section is incoherent it's, and boring. It is. It is. That that is. It is <laughs> yeah. the worst. It is the worst part. The rest of it is fascinating. The Mars part is boring because my next note is basically that they need to leave. Um. Uh. Loco tries to stop. Uh, Jason, I can Singalo. tell you exactly what happens yes. on Mars. Okay. 
we don't have to skip over all this oh, no, important please tell stuff. Me, your notes are obviously better than mine. So, well, well as you know, Jay, Jay looks through a telescope and sees LN's face on the Earth mm-hmm. reciting the lyrics to You Are the Melody. So yep. that's that's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, For they a while. settle in to enjoy a choreographed dance routine by some Mars monkeys, monkeys? apparently. Yep. Um, which Dancing is monkeys. which is which is immediately broken up by Boo Boo before it can even be started, which mm-hmm. is which is a relief because I really didn't need a Mars monkey dance number at mm-hmm. that point in time. So yes, the evil twins invade. They make off with our heroes. Uh, the evil version of well, maybe it's Loco is the evil version, but the evil version of the big buff guy bonks El Brindel on the head a bunch of times, yes. and that's extremely satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the connection between this and Flash Gordon. Come to think of it. Um, <laughs> I've got a connection I'm going to make early later. It's a sure. beautiful segue. You'll love it. All right. Apparently, we still had more time to fill, so the evil twin ladies stomp around in front of a big statue of Loco for a while. Uh, he arrives. Oh, the good Loco arrives and rescues them from their cell just in the nick of time. Uh, evil Loco intercepts them and bonks Singolo on the head a few more times. Again, it just never gets old. Right. Uh, the boys it, are It's out the cold. most boring chase scene in cinema history. We should explain that the reason it's just in time is that if they don't leave back for Earth right now, he will yes. not be able to get the marriage annulled and yes. be able to marry the woman himself. Right. And they take the, the timing of, of, these, uh, of these legal proceedings very seriously. They'll allow somebody to come in and make spurious accusations <laughs> about any of the people that are involved in the trial, but don't, don't cost them an extra 20 minutes for the man to return from Mars who's supposed to be there. Um, so yes, uh, single ode bodily drags them to the rocket and shoves them up the ladder. Mm-hmm. There's a scuffle with evil loco for what seems like several days. Right. <laughs> uh, loco is he, evil. Loco is loco. Boko is the good okay. loco. Well, we'll just call him. Goku. We'll just call him Goku. Goku. Just call him Goku. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, Elbrindel finally prevails when he ac- accidentally discovers the Vulcan nerve pinch. I should point out the first Vulcan <laughs> the nerve pinch. Nerve this is pinch. 1930. Yes, it is the first time. <laughs> and uh, and then they return to uh, to Earth. Apparently, Elbrindel was paying attention when they uh, discussed aiming the ship, which they had to rotate personally to aim it back towards earth yes. so this is this is one of the points that i wanted to make here is that the brilliant uh, scientist z4 desperately needs a trained pilot in order to fly his ship that can literally be flown via a dial by a swede who has been heavily concussed <laughs> be flown by a swede you hear me a swede the swedish racism knows a no end concussed swede a no concussed less swede. Uh, a concussed swede it's so swede. so easy a concussed a concussed <laughs> who has been pill drinking. Let's be specific, my, my, please. Yes. My new dial navigation system could be, it's so simple, even a concussed Swede could pilot it. Yes, he's been popping those pills pretty much nonstop, too. If there's one character trait of El Brindel's <laughs> character here, it's that he loves those damn booze pills. Yeah, and shot in the butt. Those are, those are the two. And shots in the butt. No, he doesn't love hats. the shots in the butt, because he's pleased when, he's, just, when he stows just away. necessary. The pills he loves, yes. Okay. He's pleased when he stows away that he's not going to get those injections anymore, which is... <laughs> oh, <laughs> injections. Which, uh, apparently that means that they we're just giving him those every three hours for funsies because he obviously doesn't need them for for living yeah so, that's right yeah. yeah maybe the martian atmosphere renders whatever was wrong with him okay I, I don't yeah know. yeah yeah he adapts sure why he not thank you exactly. thank you shelly thank you for explaining the movie to me i appreciate it happy to it makes <laughs> sense now i was i it could be the revenge of the scientist <laughs> Can you explain X, it to me X10? now because no. it doesn't make sense oh, no. to me anymore <laughs> no i can't no backseat jason no backseat jason no just because you don't like the everything bagel of 1930s musicals doesn't mean <laughs> that it is an everything bagel and somebody eats those oh uh, okay now so, i wanted everything bagel <laughs> right? so um they do they do get back 
uh, to Earth. Uh, there is is he going to get back? They do the thing. It's actually very much like the Apollo thirteen thing, which is like, well, they should be back, but are they back yet? And there's the drama of like, are they going to return? Oh, oh no, or like maybe the they Star died. Wars holiday special oh, where no. they don't know if Han Solo is going to make it to yeah. Kashyyyk or not. Yeah, but and then on the radio it says, oh, he'll be in New York in ten minutes. So that that was resolved quickly. So yay, yes. the hearing is also, being held. Super famous scientist Z four is just hanging out at the marriage tribunal, which is awfully sporting of him. I yeah, have to say, I, no, he he wants uh, he he please to the judge to make an exception for this man uh who is uh who is going to mars and is is going to be a historic figure but the j- judge doesn't want to hear from z4 he doesn't he doesn't care about it he just wants to get through with his trial so there's then, nobody going to mars that's then our friend thing. d6 shows up and has to stall for time by claiming mt3 is the father of her children <laughs> which goes on for a very long time and which the judge is perfectly okay with. Everything goes on for yeah, a very listing long time. Cities, <laughs> cities and countries and turns into a train call. Now stopping at these. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's also that joke where some, it's you two. What, who, me? No. Womp, womp, womp. It's the letters and the numbers you see. That's the twin. Um. Anyway, yes, her, her uh, buddy is a, uh, is, is a scamp and, and they make, they make lots of trouble and uh, but he he arrives, but uh, the jerk demands proof that he has been to Mars. Fortunately, they kidnapped Loco and brought yes. him with them. Who I guess has been unconscious in the box on the ship for the last two months. <laughs> yep, apparently. Which leads to our our uh, so they 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 are allowed to marry each other. Hooray, folks! It all works out. What a Let's relief! Just say that. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, Singalo is reunited with his son, who is now an old man, because that's how time travel works. And Monty, I'm with you here. I thought that this was actually one of those moments where they're like, "Oh, wow, his kid would be old." Oh wow, what an ending! And I and I I anticipated it long before when he says, "My wife and little son aren't with me anymore." And I did the math, and like it's only been fifty years. <laughs> yeah, so your son should probably still be alive. And then the movie is like, "Yeah, he is. He's an old man, but he's alive." Yeah, he it's also great. probably shouldn't be like eighty because you don't usually right. call your thirty-year-old son your little boy. Yeah, well, <laughs> again, to quote Monty. It's the first. Anyway. Yes. Right. It, yeah. I guess they didn't have math in 1930. It, it was a hard time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, was you hard, don't know. It was a hard time to do the math. The Atomic Wars of the 60s really aged people. Okay. Yeah. It's the mm. damn Volstead Act, man. That's it, what did it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to be preserved and pickled. Yeah. Must be. Lots, of, lots and lots of pills. Lots of alcohol pills. Mm. Um, that's Just Imagine. How's, sure every, how's everybody feeling about watching <laughs> Just Imagine? I, I, it's it's something that I, I unreservedly recommend people watch uh, because if whether there is something uh, or nothing in movies of the 1930s with the early sound era for you, it has a little bit of everything. And it's completely um, bug nuts insane. Uh, and uh, and and I adore it for exactly that reason, because it is it is. You know what? We're going to. Why is this happening in the plot? Because we're making a movie, and that's the whole reason for everything that happens in the movie. Uh, I will say that uh, this is a pretty bad movie, and I found it a complete delight. (laughs) Yes. It's not every day you get both Elle Brendel and Joyzel on the same ticket, so, you know. (laughs) 
I have a really, really high tolerance for movies of this era. I've watched many of them in theaters with people who laugh in the wrong places and who hate them. And it, it irritates me because I enjoy movies like this as a historical document. Having said that, I find this movie excruciating to watch. It's just <laughs> terrible. It's, it's pretty it's, bad. There's this Shut line. But, I mean, th- we talked a little bit about musicals before, but there's a line where the musicals get good again, which is when Busby Berkeley starts directing them at Warner Brothers. And before that, nobody has any clue what they're doing. No. Yeah. There's some, there are movies where uh-huh. heads are literally cut off because they can't even aim the camera properly when people are dancing. The songs are just this is this is old fashioned stuff in 1930. Some of the music yeah. and it's, you know, trying to put vaudeville on screen. Well, and it seems and like some I of the actors to... haven't been alerted that they have sound yet. <laughs> That's probably true, too. <laughs> and the most interesting part is the sci fi aspect and the visuals. Uh, as a as a plot, it doesn't hang together. As a mm-hmm. as a movie that is entertaining to watch, in my opinion, it doesn't hang together. And as I say, I have a high tolerance for this stuff. Some the, the the ones that I find hardest to watch are the musicals of of this era. But even leaving the musical part aside, it's just it's a mess and it's so long. I actually it's think a, yeah, actually it if it were thirty man. minutes shorter, I could probably just go okay. Well, that's that not Mars so bad. <laughs> that Mars stuff is like death. <laughs> It does make me laugh, though. I swear they stopped that Mars Monkeys number because they just were like, no, screw it. This isn't going to be any good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Twins have been shooting for three days. Cut. (laughs) Yeah. The dancers have walked off the set. We're not going to be able to finish the number. They spent a lot of money. Maybe they ran out at some point. I don't know. They spent like a million dollars making this movie. We can make I, fun I, of Swedes, but this is too far. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, f- I feel it behooves me to mention that Erica, who was to have joined us but wasn't able to, um, in in preparing for this, uh, I, I asked, "Oh, what'd you think?" And she said, "I think I liked Flash Gordon better, and I don't <laughs> like Flash Gordon." Mm. <laughs> the, uh, I, yeah, like I, I appreciate some things about Just Imagine because I like the idea that of of a document from the 1930s of people trying to imagine what the 1980s are like. And there are some things in there that we might think of as obvious, but obviously this is very early, and so that there, I, I think I would give them a lot of credit. However, there was there was a a bit of written science fiction that predates this, and there were silent science fiction movies that were visionary in ways that maybe Just Imagine isn't quite. But but w- I I do appreciate <laughs> isn't it's, quite. Is it, well, I mean, I, I well, I, a lot of people compare it to Metropolis, and it's a it's a follow on oh, in a very different way. No, don't do that. I agree. Don't no, do that. Well, but that's my point. Is that is that you can grade it on a curve, but also Metropolis exists. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it well, is Metropolis I, mostly exists. I, I like the uh, yeah most of it. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate <laughs> the ambition of this movie, but it's way too ambitious because it is literally trying to do so many different things all at the same time and it doesn't i i don't think do any of them well but there are parts of it that i find fascinatingly uh weird and then other parts that are just uh yeah are are, are now, terrible now, now here's here's one here's one th- one other thing that i wanted to say which is that one of one of the things i find can help inspire me creatively is getting infuriatingly angry at something and maybe <laughs> H.G. Wells went and saw this movie and then sat down at his desk and said, I must write The Shape of Things to Come and this novel will be done in three years and then science fiction will be set right. Uh, just imagine, Moises. Just imagine. Just imagine. As as crazy as things are going to get in the future, it's comforting to know that the cop in the hovering traffic sign will still be a cranky Irish. <laughs> Irish all, in the future, all cops will be Irish. Some things That's never right. change. And it's funny, this movie was a flop, 
And it's it's probably because people were like, hey, it's Brown and De Silva and Henderson. And what the hell is this? Because they were expecting <laughs> the scandals or any of the musicals they yeah. had done. And it's this this David, thing. I, I enjoy that. that you keep going. Yeah, Brown, De Silva and Henderson. Like we're all constantly saying, oh, the good <laughs> uh, old days yes. of Brown, De Silva and Henderson. Of the Philadelphia Brown, De Silva, and Hendersons. Perhaps you've heard of them. <laughs> they they had a movie made about them with Ernest Borgnine. It's, oh, it's, well, then. <laughs> this just goes without it, saying. Look, <laughs> if it got Borgnine, come on. I'm enjoying watching David out on this limb by himself explaining <laughs> Brown, De Silva, and Henderson. <laughs> In terms of, um, of the things that they project into the future, yes, the cops are Irish, and they also run traffic lights manually, which made me, <laughs> made me laugh. It's like like one like a dinosaur in the Flintstones. It's kind of like you pull the lever and you the get thing. babies from vending have, machines, but your traffic air, lights run manually. Yeah, we have air cars, but uh, there's a cop on a, like an air car who pulls the things um they do have like uh, in addition to the video phones they have a lot of remote control stuff which i thought was fun like open door buttons and there's flashing lights and stuff like that and there's yeah, you a, don't open the door you push a button a foot from the door yeah well, i mean there is a character called <laughs> so, x10 you know, so. there's, okay. there's some stuff reference acknowledge shelly good good Thank good you. one yeah, very good one uh anyway mm-hmm. it's just a, just imagine you can watch it on youtube and uh, but don't I say, and other people say <laughs> yes, but you know, maybe not. I would, but but maybe on like two two x speed. Monty has something to say. The art direction of this movie, Mars aside, is actually excellent. Yes. Okay, it was nominated for an Oscar. The futuristic yes. cityscape with the flying cars was huge. Yes, very impressive. Uh, the rocket ship yeah, was cool. cool. The Agreed. lab in which El Brendo was brought back to life is cool. Oh, it is the labbiest so, so, lab. So cool that I think it get re- got reused in a million other movies, yeah. right? The lab got... Do you, yeah. Do you think the tight close-ups of all the scientists' faces is part of the lab equipment? <laughs> <laughs> the lab got reused one year later in Frankenstein. Yeah. And... Bride of Frankenstein, and for that matter, Young Frankenstein in 1974. Mm -hmm. That's right. The rocket ship got reused in the 1936 Buster Crab serial, Flash Flash Gordon. Amazing. And now... See, huh? Flash Gordon. So, so Monty, Monty, Monty it I, sounds I'm not to sure me where you're like going with this, Monty. it sounds to me like there's a lot of really great stuff in this movie that we admit is a, not a good movie, but that people should watch anyway. Mm. There, there we go. We passed judgment. Just imagine. <laughs> I think if you enjoy bad things, <laughs> this uh, this might be up right up your alley. Yeah. I think it's yeah. worth looking at. Uh, there's a couple pretty good jokes. Yeah. And when you get to Mars, you could just sort of scrub through it because it's the look. And like El Bendel, let's be honest, is a pro of Swedish racism. I mean, there you don't get better at it than he does. Yeah, there's a moment where there's lights hovering. He says, "Where's the lamp post? We don't have lamp post. Oh, that's a shame. I could use one." And then he slumps to the ground because he's drunk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ah. Oh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking of racism, Flash Gordon, nineteen eighty. Yeah, nice. Yeah, this right. this is the good bad movie. So, a, Monty, Monty, we're we're like a team now. So, in 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 nineteen eighty, <laughs> they released Flash Gordon based on the uh, f- the serial from the thirties, based on by, the comic strip from the thirties. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, oh, wow. Okay, you got me. 
You got me. Serial. Yeah, you like you like right. Flash Gordon name three episodes of the comic strip or the anyway, uh they made, yes, a comic strip adapted into a serial <laughs> with Buster well, Crab and it's because Annie was so popular that this was a big time for making comic trips into movies like Popeye, which is a great movie by Robert Altman. Interesting, interesting idea that that, that I, I would say perhaps it's the, oh, the kids love the Star Wars. Let's make more movies like the Star Wars. And in this period, of course, as all, as all of us who were kids then know, um, they made lots of really weird and mostly bad science fiction movies where they well, gave money fact, to people. Didn't Lucas want to make yeah, a Flash Lucas Gordon wanted, movie? De Laurentiis wanted Lucas to make it and he no, didn't No, 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 no. Dino did not want Lucas to make it. Yeah, so he, he made Star like Wars Lucas, instead. And he wouldn't sell the rights. He had been trying to make this movie for 20 years, and it still feels like a movie from the early to mid-60s. Hmm. Well, that's that's the thing about it. I, I was trying to explain this movie to my family, uh, you know, because, you know... <laughs> Yeah, just dinner time conversation. I said, okay, Star Wars caused a lot of movies to be made because they're like, oh, well, the money suddenly appears. Like, aha, we could strike it rich at this. But the, a lot of the movies that were made were made by people who didn't understand the appeal of Star Wars or science fiction in general or even the source material. And so you end up with a lot of movies, some of which are cheap and crappy, but fun. You also end up with movies that are look like they're more expensive. They're done by people who are technically competent, but the film themselves, the films themselves are, are bad. And uh, forgive me, friends who like the black hole, but the black hole is an example of that, which oh, is a leaden God, script, yeah. but it looks great. And Flash Gordon, this is what I will say about Flash Gordon. I saw Flash <laughs> Gordon on VHS and like in, in school, like it, at lunchtime or on a rainy day or something, uh, or I don't know. It was in my like sixth grade classroom. Um, I don't remember anything from that other than the Queen songs, but watching it back now, what struck me about it is that it looks amazing yeah. um, and it has yeah. some ridiculously over the top performances in it and yeah. is nonsense. <laughs> Those yeah. are my, that's, that's but, basically. Uh, that said, I think it's, I think it's nonsense that actually sources pretty well from the original comics. Yes. Uh, it, it follows the story of uh, Prince Baron and the Hawk people and all. I mean, it with does the primary a pretty exception good job. being that 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 like everything else at the tail end of the seventies, this movie threatens to tip over into porn at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it comes off. Which is why it reminds sometimes. me so much of Barbarella, Dino De Laurentiis' uh, previous sci-fi outing. Sure. I, I really thought when I was watching this, we could have paired it with Barbarella, and it would have mm. been almost too close a pairing. I was gonna say it's a great double feature. There is a because moment because they look alike. There is yeah. a moment in this, Steve, where I feel like it had tipped over into porn. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then they were like, "No, no, yeah. no." No, and they pulled it pulled sort back of from the pulled brink. it back. Yeah, no, it gets extremely close on multiple occasions. But yeah. Meanwhile, D Dino De Laurentiis is off screen going, no, no, sexier. We need to be sexier. <laughs> that would be the international <laughs> release. Um, Undo his vinyl jacket and get under there. Get Really get in now, there. You, you mentioned Prince Baron, and I just want to say, I question naming somebody with a name that is itself a title. And then giving him a title. <laughs> but I, it's spelled with an I. Through, through, well, it, I don't see the spelling in the, in the movie. They're just like, oh, he's going to be the prince. Well, then, now right. he's, uh, congratulations, Emperor Baron. And I'm like, Look, wow. It's not our fault you're not a flash head, Jason. Yeah, it's, you it's should true. probably have done the research. <laughs> so he should have had a name tag. We I, all agree with I'm, this. I'm sure... The fan service in this is amazing for all the fans of the comic strips from the 1930s. From who the went, 30s. Everyone in the opening credits gets their character name too 
And I bet that's why. Single O's little son, uh, uh, whatever his name Axel? was. Uh, Axel. 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 Finally, somebody made a movie for Axel. I mean, setting it historically, <laughs> the, the, thing that I, the things that I find uh, interesting about it as a historical artifact is that of its time, it was very much its own thing. I mean, the, the, you had Star Wars, you had um, Battle Beyond the Stars, uh, which was trying to rip off Star Wars and similar incredibly low budget stuff. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a weird kind of hybrid of the super low budget stuff that was happening and the stuff with a huge budget that was happening. And even within the production itself, Dino De Laurentiis was like dead set on how this had to be so serious and had to be very serious, serious. And then he, he visited the set and he, and and they're playing things for laughs and there's a, a football match with a guy wearing khakis and oh. he's like what what is this you shouldn't be having fun this is this is terrible is that, no this is a just, serious just movie to, just to be clear it's not a football it's sort of a metal melon that's hollow it's, it's a bunch of yeah it's like green <laughs> and, eggs and flash gordon displays his quarterback technique by running it says here sure. in my notes that that's the worst action scene ever is that right <laughs> <laughs> says it right here uh, he's getting his butt kicked by by the guards in Ming's palace, and uh, and much like Popeye to spinach, when he's handed a football shaped object, <laughs> suddenly he becomes an incredibly good fighter. Even if he's a ho- it's a hollow metal melon. Yes, yes. Um, this movie, yeah. So anyway, I brought up the black hole because I I noticed throughout that I I think a lot of this movie looks looks really good. <laughs> Um, I think it looked really good. Yeah, I mean, I, it it for the time it looks it looks fantastic. Now I think of it less as Flash Gordon and more as like an adaptation of a coffee table book called hundred and one fun things to do with smoke and a green screen." <laughs> um, but it, at the time, yeah, it looked fantastic. And if you can if you can ignore the uh, the outline that follows Sam J. Jones around through many of his space moments, it's it, it still looks pretty good if you just sit back and enjoy. I it. recommend ignoring Sam J. Jones entirely. entirely. Like with the black hole, I'm really referring more to things like the sets and the costumes than I am yes, the special the effects is fantastic. Yeah. And it is. And to, to, to mention Sam Jones for a moment, one of the things that people constantly cite is, oh, what a leaden performance. Most of his lines in the movie are overdubbed by another performer. Oh, really? Yeah, because he left it, in the middle of the production. Yeah, he they everybody broke for Christmas and then. He was he was not asked back because he was making demands that ended up seriously hurting his career. And it's why he didn't work for a long time is basically he he got on the wrong side of Dino De Laurentiis making demands and saying, oh, I'm the star of the movie and that sort of thing. And so Dino said, "Okay, fine, we'll finish it without you. Well, let's be fair. He wasn't going to work for a long time after this anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's on screen is enough for me to know that. Um, they're uh, talking about the the sets and the costumes. There's the moment where Timothy Dalton appears, and Brian Blessed has just has just appeared as well. And and the way it's shot in the like throne room, and Max von Sydow is the is Ming the Merciless, the Emperor, and wonderful at it by the way. And is yes, his yes, name. yes. Well, I I like honestly all three of them. Are honestly, great. I like all these performances. Yes, Brian Be- mm-hmm. Blessed is is. His usual, completely over the top. Timothy Dalton is doing his thing too. But what struck me about it is I've got these big actors being big. I've got these big sets. And the way that throne room is shot is so strange that I thought to myself, (laughs) I am watching the stage production of Flash Gordon. It feels super stagey. Absolutely. not, Not in a bad way just in a it's really stagey this isn't very cinematic but i you know on on 
you know, on a London stage with Brian Blessed and <laughs> and Timothy Dalton shouting their dialogue, it would be very impressive. My fix for the movie is to make Sam Jones a bigger actor. If we could take Bruce Campbell from Army of Darkness and put him yes. in this as Flash Gordon, then I think we'd have something. Hmm. Oh, dear God, yes. So you're saying with the benefit of time travel... We could improve the movie. I agree. <laughs> also, every other movie should have 1992 era Bruce Campbell, but that's something else. <laughs> I mean, he's Sam Jones, but besides just being a, a wooden actor, both the way he performs it and even the way the character is written and the way he compares to all the other big yelly dudes in the movie. Yeah. It's like, why is he the hero? I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's a uh, yeah. white guy failing upward, basically. Yeah, it's just yeah like, he's, he's such a Shelley, it's, it's by virtue of being, you know, just a good-hearted blockhead who doesn't talk a lot or have much interesting to contribute. Right, and we're supposed to be on his side because they told us he's the hero. Okay, sure, why not? Because we've been told, Shelley, we've been told yeah, well, he's the hero. It's because He'd be Flash... dead if Princess Aura hadn't said, don't kill him yet, yeah. Father. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it, it is him to me. like the original Flash Gordon stories. It is the case where uh, Flash Gordon's really boring, and so they have to bring in a lot of interesting characters to make it interesting, yeah. and he kind of wanders through it. Yeah, but even by Flash Gordon standards, he's pretty boring. Yes. Here. Oh, yes. But he does fill out those tank tops well, which is nice. You know the classic, iconic Flash Gordon tank top <laughs> in the comics <laughs> <laughs> and the serials? At, at about the same time, Filmation was making an animated Flash Gordon. They actually did a, a number of really good pulp adaptations in the late 70s. And their Flash Gordon is really good. It's It actually makes Gordon make sense. It, it feels and looks like the comic strips. It's still probably the best version of Flash Gordon that's out there. Well, and this the, movie, however, did not. <laughs> but the pilot is also on YouTube. So if if you get to look at it, it's written by Sam Peoples. It's a real movie. Yeah, it's bad enough that he actually has to wear his name on his shirt yes. at one point, <laughs> yes. just so we can, just so we but don't lose Steve track of him. won't remember his name. My, this might be where Hot Dog got the idea yeah. a year later. <laughs> my mom lets me ride on the bus, but I have to have my name oh. on my shirt. <laughs> the font on his shirt is the same font they use for that yes. plaque saying he's dead, which I thought, I respect the branding. <laughs> branding. <laughs> it's branding. It's branding. Nice. Uh, Ornella Muti is uh, the Italian actress who plays Princess Aura. And, and the most interesting character in the movie. I, I enjoy her a lot. I really liked her. I wrote down that she has kind of almost like a Debbie Mazar kind of vibe. She's got this kind of. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 She it just a time time machine. You could send her back there, too, if you wanted to. But no, but she does a great job. And I liked it. I, I like a lot of these performances, really. I mean, I think Flash and Dale are boring. Sam J. Jones, to be honest. I think I think Melody Anderson does a pretty yeah. good job with a thankless She's role. She's OK. She yeah. does fine. Yeah. She's, She's like I mean, she more than Topol. she should be. Yeah. Topol's wonderful. Yeah, I was going to make Fiddler on the Roof jokes, but I'll just say Topol is Topol, and I enjoyed him. And, and frankly, because he's kind of paired up with uh, Dale and Flash, you need somebody in that trio that brings it life, and he does. Yeah, he's dynamic. His, yeah. He, he, I, and I think it's a good performance. His character is a mess because yes. he's a mad scientist, <laughs> yes, so yeah. he's, a, he, he's a bad guy, except then he is trying to save them all, so he's on their side. Then he gets brainwashed by... Uh, having, I, I wrote the notes because I thought that the the technique they use is fascinating. They erase his mind by showing events from his life backward, but with it, but only moving backward by chapters, yes. forward right. within the chapter markers, but backward by chapter. So it's very, <laughs> it's linear but not linear. It's very strange, and and so now he's like secret evil agent, and then late, and he's going to do Ming's bidding, and then later on there's a moment where they say, oh. 
but you're, you're still Zarkov after all. And it's like, okay. Well, it's because he recited, he recited the Beatles and Shakespeare to himself because this is one of these sci-fi oh, movies where humanity's indomitable spirit yes, is unique in the universe. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, yeah. so even though he's having his brain sucked out, you know, Shakespeare and the Beatles fixes it for him. It, it cannot completely remove the memory of the time that at a party his wife was thrown in a pool and proceeded to drown while I guess everybody watched. <laughs> Because nobody bothered to get in and get her out of the pool. I assumed he was his internal monologue is as loud as his external dialogue. <laughs> I see. So <laughs> the brainwashing couldn't penetrate. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's so so his so his character is all over the place um, because I think in the movie serial kind of way, right? It's like, well, he's the evil scientist who gets them into this, but then, well, he's along for the ride. So I guess I guess he's part of our group. So we're gonna forgive him of that. And like it, it, it but it's a good performance. There, there are lots. Of, yes. I was surprised at how fun, um, you know, over the top, uh, a lot of it, but how fun the performances were in this too. It was, you know, th- again, these are not the problems. The problem is the lead, the plot, mm-hmm. um, like the, the was, direction, the direction, the, the racism. Cause uh, the racism. Say, okay. Oh I think yeah. Max von Sydow's oh, oh, performance. Did, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, did Monty say racism? I feel like my name's been called. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wait, is your name Mo- racism? Moises? No. No, it's it's just my favorite thing to talk about. You were, you were saying about Ming, but go yeah. ahead. Because Moises? I'm very excited to talk about the racism. Yeah. Check me if I go too far. It's more about no. thi- racism no, against I'm birds, gonna right? You're going to talk about racism against birds with the bird people, right? It's outrageous. Come on. Well, may- maybe maybe them all being in brownface, but okay. Yeah. I think Max Foncito's performance is very villainous and is pitched at exactly the right tone and it is a shame that it is a performance of such a racist caricature yeah yeah mm-hmm. it, it's uh, i can't believe if i'm gonna say this but... facial hair and wasn't named ming yeah well, it's it, unnecessary it's... like he could still be it, that character it, without it that wasn't as bad as i feared but it, it's like well we won't Add racism to it. It's like guys. It's not Joel Gray and Remo it's not good Williams. Enough. <laughs> it's not Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. We're gonna oh. we're gonna remove about three point five percent of the racism, yeah. but leave most of the racism we, intact. But we're not adding right. any new we, racism. We, to right. be clear, and you can see they're looking at each other like we can get away with this, right? <laughs> it's like, but see again, they didn't have to. It's not no. something that that character had to do. No. Max von Sydow could be Max von Sydow as a German, for God's sake, well, or Austrian, and, or whatever and, he is. And certainly, Sam Jones looks nothing like the comic uh right. flash gordon so there's no reason whatsoever why you couldn't have changed up ming yeah exactly because because he works without the without the facial hair and the and the name and the, i mean he he and would the work. robe and all of it and yeah and all yeah. of it right i like the i think well, the robe you, looks cool yeah you can get away with the robe in a sci-fi thing just don't make it Orientalism. Max Fa- Max Fancino apparently Swedish. I just found that out. So you know, <gasps> young wow. and Yemeni. This is him getting back at El Brendel for all those years ago. Exactly. Max Max von Max von Sydow following in the in the tradition of Warner Oland, who played Charlie Chan at one point, mm-hmm. yeah. right? In Swedish men 100%. playing uh, playing Asians. The, the the Orientalism issue in the movie. Uh, is as Monty uh, so eloquently put it is is uh, Ming as a presence fights for the top position on the Mount Rushmore of Orientalism with Fu Manchu himself. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like they are yeah. the two, they are the top Yellow Peril guys. But it doesn't just end there, and it's something that even extends to the Star Wars prequels, where people go, "Oh, those costumes were so beautiful, and that architecture, and all that other stuff." Yes, it's all being borrowed 
and used for exoticism points because, oh, it looks exotic and different to a bunch of Westerners and white people. And and it's something that like the costumes might look beautiful. But then the reason that I have never really uh, latched onto this movie like a bunch of people of my generation did as it was, you know, it was it was a thing like this uh, when there wasn't as much of it is as there is now is is that it's just all over the place where yeah. cultures that are not uh, those of the people who made this thing are just being used as window dressing and worn like a hat. Um, and, and so it's something that I'm glad that in the 40 plus years since this movie came out, that there's, there's, there's more of a look at this kind of thing. Um, but it just, it, it's something that if the question is, well, how do we make Flash Gordon less racist? And the things that immediately come to mind to change, the people who care the most about it as a as, as an IP, as a franchise, as a brand, um, they go, well, you can't change his name. He has to be Ming the Merciless. Well, OK, then then he gets to stay in the drawer um, because I I don't see yeah. I, I don't see how you can make it OK. Um, and I, I mentioned uh, casually the, the brown facing of all the vulture men uh, and Prince Voltan. Um, you know, it, it doesn't just end with Ming. There are other things that are that are strewn throughout it. But to the people who grew up loving this and who still love it and love rewatching it, I totally get it and I totally understand it. It's just I can't imagine sitting a kid down these days and going, hey, here is a serial adventure that you are really going to latch on to and like <laughs> and not have the kid go, dad, are you racist? <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's it's the way the filmmakers approach it. It strikes me as, as like I said, that they I, I was impressed because I felt like they didn't make it worse but they certainly it's didn't astonishing make it how, better, right? It's, it's like, astonishing how they didn't make it worse. I, I am honestly surprised that they did not make it worse. Yeah. Or they did not go further well, in, in ways well, that they, nobody Well, they could have hired them. a Chinese actor, an Asian actor. That would have helped. I mean, you, you'd still have problems with the character, but you're at compounding the racism of stereotypes. But you also go out and hire somebody who's European, I, I would I would even argue that that wouldn't necessarily help. It'd be a different kind of just as bad. Right. Um, I agree that it would me. be different. And I'm, I'm not saying it would be a lot yeah. better. I'm just saying that if you're going to say if you're going to die on that hill yeah. of we have to have this character with this name and this nationality, then let's at least have somebody with that his, nationality. His space nationality. It's space China. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think you're right, Moises, though, that, that part of this is the intellectual property part of it in 1980s terms, which is, well, no, we're going to do Flash Gordon, so we're going to do all the things. It's like, okay. And so that's what we got. But again, like, Max von Sydow doesn't, like, yeah, everything that's cringy about Ming is baked into the premise where they've just gone with the original yeah, premise. it's on the page. He's not he, doing yeah. it. He gives Ming yeah. a sort of dignity as a evil space villain <laughs> that yeah. is like more than the more than it deserves quite frankly so yeah oh much more well, the, the way that i think of it is you know uh news broadcasters they go to broadcast school and they're taught a non-regional midwesternish dialect and he has a non-regional european affect despot kind of a thing yeah. going yeah. on and that's 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 what he's playing regardless of how he's dressed I, I just want to point out, this is also a movie that thinks that um, there's air in space and that floating chunks of rock are planets. Um, 
and like the science of this is spectacularly nonsensical. The uh, apparently this whole movie takes place in the in a an atmospheric like sphere of oxygen sphere of breathable air in which there are various kind of floating things. And again, it's probably just because that's the that's the premise of Flash Gordon and it, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Yeah. In that vein, I would like to highlight this line that uh, Clytus's henchmen tell him as they are flying towards, I think, the Hawkman planet uh, on the Imperial starship or whatever it is. They tell him, we've scanned a Hawkman patrol 400 Mongo miles east. <laughs> First off, where is east in space? In space. <laughs> <laughs> and also... Mongo, Mongo miles. miles. Mongo miles. <laughs> they're, they're, it's like nautical miles, Steve. It's just Steve. Oh, sure. yeah. Jason. Jason, I'm going to cash in some of my Mongo miles and go to Disney World. Oh man, exactly. Man, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. they expired. Um, it's like a parsec. It is when it leans into that stuff. That's when I think the movie worked. When you just have lines like, "Yeah, it has no name. Many brave men died." Read here from the galaxy See of a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Like, okay. Sure. Fine. The space rupees you're talking about—that's the, the. It has no name, but they're the space rupees. You won't forget, but won't my, won't mind not remembering. <laughs> no, not the boar worms. This is the boar worms. Not the Again, with pills that change your reality. Yeah. The so so the, the we get the um the princess is teaching him how to fly and also making out with him at the same time. I thought that was very impressive. <laughs> the, the emperor is going to bed Dale, and they give her the space the space rupees. Um, so there's that, that's the parts where it's like, um, uh, oh, and, and in fact, at one point, um, Flash is communicating to Dale telepathically and he blurts oh, yeah. out in, it may be my favorite moment because it's just so funny. He goes, this girl's really turning me on. <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> oh, also, by the way, when he communicates telepathically, he keeps saying over, like he's talking to her on the radio. That's amazing. <laughs> what? What? But, uh, but this is, these are some of the points where the movie almost becomes a porno, as we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, what? like, what is happening I mean, now? I mean, in the 50 years between Just Imagine and Flash Gordon, you think maybe we would have made it some of the way on the misogyny, but no, no, no. no. The misogyny is all there. It's just reconfigured in, in, in different places. The formula is just, is, is, is effectively the, You're, you're just going to be bedded by Ming part. It's just like, wow. Okay. Wow. I do appreciate that, that Dale gets to kick the butts of several guards while also maintaining control over her great flashy shoes. Yes. Oh yeah. She takes she her heels sure with her. That's actually, shoes. that's one of my favorite. She knocks out the guard. I, I didn't understand why she didn't change into his robe so that she would be actually undercover while she's running through the palace but i did like that she just shoots a bunch of guys and then picks up her her uh heels because she's yeah. going to bring those with her that whole scene, she's, she's, she's sort of arranging them in the proper place so she can beat up on the next uh sniff it from super mario 2 which i think is yeah. what those guards she she gets a serving <laughs> she gets her serving girl drunk in order to escape too which is another right. thing no she's that she's she's spunky but like it's in the context of uh uh you know take the space roofies so that ming can come in here sure is, yeah and then ming comes in and, and uh sort of uh fondles her for an uncomfortably long <laughs> amount of time <laughs> before yep. discovering that it's not actually dale arden under there and uh eh, you know like I said, any any moment this could be a it could be a porno, but um, not the they boar do pull worms. back from the brink. Not the boar worms. Yeah, they never they never show us the boar worms. It's very disappointing. And then later she talks about how horrible the experience with the boar worms was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's a bit of a disappointment. Well, we could have that, or we could have another terrible action scene. Yes, or a sexy pillow fight. I mean, I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, Flash does end up. At what? At Baron's Baron's floating rock planet, whatever it is, where there's quicksand and 
and he gets eaten by a goo monster, but then Baron saves him and then immediately tries to kill him, which I thought was a real plot twist where he's like, yeah, right. I'll save you, Flesh Gordon. Now you must die. Now, I'm gonna kill you. now you what? die. If, if your foe is being consumed by some sort of beanbag chair with spider <laughs> talons it's on it. It's a goo it. monster, but sure, just, yes. Just let it eat him, man. Right? But no, he, I only wanted he the joy of it. killing him, so I saved him and then wanted That's to kill right. him myself. The quicksand can't have him. The, the, love, the love sack can't have him. I must have him. <laughs> Just kill him. <laughs> just just kill him. Uh uh also there's a um there there's another another moment that blew me away where um the movie wants to believe that there's a real rapport going on between Flash and Dale. The movie does the movie does that a lot. Like the movie the movie sentiently just urges things into being fact yeah. rather than actually like they, showing them they, to be fact. They literally just met in Hawaii at Zarkov's mad scientist lair, right? Or, or on the plane. They meet on the plane. Yes. On the plane. They meet on the plane and then the plane crashes at the mad scientist lair. Where they have lair. a brief moment of chemistry and then it all goes away. They spend most of the movie apart. And then when they get back together, the line is, save it for our kids. Yeah. yeah. What? That was nuts. What? You just yeah. met on an airplane, have spent most of the time apart, and when you did have your brief moment of telepathic connection, uh, he said, this girl is really turning me on. Over. <laughs> and they haven't had a conversation about that. What? No. Well, she clearly says, Flash, Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the Earth. Right. <laughs> but well before that, when they first are brought to, to Ming's palace and they're walking through the palace sort of being sent over to the throne yeah, or led the, to their... the audience area or whatever he checks out princess aura kind of off in the aisles and she grabs his hand and says hmm, remember me like they already have a thing going but they like met like an hour ago <sighs> as, as far as the film's chronology goes yeah so, there's a lot of yeah. that so what so what you're saying is that this movie really was a porn just about various of the porn parts but many of the porn parts yeah. remained intact yes i think the director's cut is really hot really and dirty makes yeah. a lot more sense mm-hmm yeah, so. I don't. I don't think those things are the same at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I agree. Um, uh, there is a climactic duel on a, a remote controlled murder disc involving whips. This is that second worst action scene ever that I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, I do like the moment. It's a Captain Kirk moment at the end where Flash could kill um, Baron, and he's like, "No." We're not going to kill today. He doesn't say that, but that's what is implied <laughs> yeah. because it's right. it's his Captain Kirk. Uh, his Captain Kirk moment and uh, uh, evil Clytus is impaled on the on the the murderous death disc. Yeah. And his eyes and his tongue pop out, which is kind of kind of a great effect, really. And then there is a great moment where the movie just can't bear to go on. And they cut abruptly to Ming saying, um, take them, leave me here to confront Gordon myself. It's like the movie's like, just forget it. We're over. Let's it's we're done. <laughs> it's uh, it's the movie's Mars sequence. It's, it's you know very, what? I think we're done guys. It's very impressive. Cause li literally it's just Ming's like, forget it. Let's go to the end. Let's literally, let's cut to the chase. <laughs> we're done here. I'm bored. Let's be done. I just want to fight. We, uh, Can we, I fight Gordon we, now? <laughs> We we uh, we fired the lead actor. We can't shoot the remaining scenes that happen between here and the uh, end of the movie, so yeah. we might as well just yep. not do it. Mm -hmm. Cue yeah. the awesome Queen music and let's do the final battle. Well, Woo! before so before we get there, <laughs> I just want to point forgets. out. I want to point out that that this movie is eerily similar to The Empire Strikes Back in the sense that there is the join with me, Flash, and you can rule at my side. And then when Flash uh, refuses, he slides down a tube into a city uh, that's full of clouds. Just saying. Well, the the rule with me is actually from Flash. 
And Lucas used yes, it in Empire I, Strikes Back. I, I, think, I think this is the argument is but, that is that the Empire yeah. Strikes Back is riffing on original Flash <laughs> Gordon as and and so is this movie. But it is oh, plus, funny. yeah. Plus this movie came out before Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It did. And and it the, did. the various the various uh Futurama things that were just wholesale in just imagine, you know, everybody steals a bit from something or another. That's what inspiration is. Uh but then it's it's how close to full on stealing do you go? It's just a very funny uh thing where there's a a, a much better movie uh made in close proximity to this one that has some similarities and yet lots of not by the way luke doesn't have like a jet ski at the bottom that he can ride away yeah, on. also so that's totally quick, different quick question uh what does a hawkman need with a rocket cycle <laughs> hey, his tires get tired <laughs> yeah i just flew in from that other planet and boy are my wings tired i'm gonna use my yeah. jet ski now okay you can walk <laughs> or you can ride a motorcycle you can i fly will agree that the concept of a rocket cycle is very cool this rocket cycle is not cool well <laughs> it is the clunkiest <laughs> dumbest looking rocket bike in the galaxy it is really bad yeah my my husband walked in when i was watching that scene and he goes why is there a jet ski i don't get it why yeah <laughs> why is there a jet ski shelly <laughs> i couldn't why? answer the question why uh, if if only we knew. Okay, yes. So then the big fight. Um, they uh, they're also speaking of uh, movies that this is like. There's a whole thing where they go into a cloud in order to uh, hide from a rocket. That's like Star Trek Two. Anyway, mm. um, th- two years later, th- let's just press play on our Queen the cassette worms, tape. The boarworms. And um, yeah, well, Princess Aura is 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 now against her father because of the boarworms. So that's yes. aha, take that. And uh, yeah, so let's play some Queen music while uh, there's a there's a big fight scene that, yeah. that happens. Uh, speaking of Queen, this is my second favorite Queen album. I've listened to it so many times that I get really excited whenever any of the lines from the album are said during in the, the movie. movie. Yeah, yes. which are only during the wedding scene and in yeah. the pre-credit sequence. But I don't care. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a uh, there's there, uh, what's her name Kala uh, in the control room, um, something about uh, burning his body and whatever. Dispatch Warwick and Ajax to bring, bring back, back his, his body. body. To bring back his body. There we go. Mm, yes. I've heard that soundtrack a lot too. The uh, by the way, <laughs> if you're wondering what a uh, traditional uh, what music is played during a traditional Mongo wedding. <laughs> The answer is here comes the bride. It's just yeah, here right. comes the bride. The okay. It's the wedding march. Seems, seems well, it's just yes. here comes the bride is played by oh, Brian May. It's like, you know, in the beginning of the movie where Ming doesn't know what Earth is at all, even though later on he seems to know everything about it. Uh-huh. It's weird that his the button he presses is marked Earthquake. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He was just told it's called Ath. Huh. Huh. Well, I'm going to press this button that says Earthquake then. Yeah. Yep. But then he moves on to Hot Hail, which is a completely different... Hot Hail. Hot Hail. That's the worst... That's from Nashville. ...thing to have. It's like Thundersnow. Hot Hail. In regard to this soundtrack is that the uh, the Hawkman attacking music is the music that I guess they stole for the video game Vanguard when you're uh, invincible. Something only I would care about. But yeah, that's a a good bit. Also, uh, it doesn't seem tactically like a great idea to give the crucial mine with a car radio antenna uh, to the decrepit old Hawkman who's going to get <laughs> shot and yeah. collapse immediately. Just, you know, not, not a great stra- a strategic thinker is, uh, is Prince Bolton. Mm. Well, Flash crashes, Ming is impaled, he uses a glowy ring, but his power fades, and he vanishes. Uh, so he's probably done for. Sure. Uh, a floating mm-hmm. robot says, long live Flash, you've saved your Earth, now what? 
Uh, Baron is now Emperor Baron, I guess. They write flat thanks flash and flying letters. Uh, there's uh, the Ming ring is. Uh, it turns out uh, it, maybe Ming's not dead after all because of the ring. The the end with a question mark. Question mark. <laughs> because. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, it is. It, it, that's, it's following Betteridge's law there, which is the answer is no. Uh, but no, it's yeah. The answer it, is yes. Yes, in this case. <laughs> it, it is the end, period, full stop of mm. Flash Gordon. Mm. Um, could have been a trilogy. And could, now, sure. <laughs> now, watching the cast list at the end, I noticed, you know, because I always look and go, who else was in this? Who, who would I know? And, and Deep, Roy Deep Roy pops up. Yes. He's clearly uh, he he's listed as Princess or his pet. Yes. Princess Aura's pet, whose name is apparently Fellini. Okay. And Dino De Laurentiis hired Federico Fellini to develop this in the late 60s, then got angry with him and fired him. That's why her pet is named Fellini. Mm-hmm. I, there's also, he hired Nicholas Rogue to direct it, who worked on it for a year, and he got angry after a year and said no and fired him. And and that's when Lucas came in and was like, well, you've only directed a movie about hot rods. I'm not going to let nope. you do this. Don't hire him. And so, yeah. yeah Kenny Baker also is uh, is in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like four of the time bandits are. Yeah. Right. Well, shot in England, presumably. And so it's like the same. It's all the same. And, and you need people who fit in small spaces. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, movies made by people trying to insert petty, spiteful jokes uh, into things while also being mega millionaires, probably just not a good idea. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fla- so Flash Gordon, um, not, a, not a good movie. It's uh, not a good movie. It, it's, it's a not good movie. I, I understand I, the people who uh, it hit for a very particular part in their life uh, when they're developing what they're fans of and, you know, what was happening in the movies. It's kind of like Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai is not a good movie, but I understand yeah. why people like it. Um, and this is a, a, a different thing in that vein that I would argue Buckaroo Banzai probably holds up a little bit better, but not too much. Um, Buckaroo but Banzai it, holds up perfectly yeah. and you shut your mouth. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, the, this this movie itself, it's like there there's the there's the racist stuff and the misogynist stuff. And if you can get past all of that, mm. then it's something that, I, I don't know, the, the defense of it that people will say is, oh, well, it was fine then. No, none of that stuff was actually fine then. It was something that was allowed to happen and, then and this but it movie wasn't was a flop then. i mean it was not it was people flop. didn't like it then either yeah. um i think i think there are some interesting things in it that i didn't expect to like like some of the performances where i feel like they're especially english but you know Vonsido too like there's a lot of good actors or big actors trying hard and being sometimes over the top and stagey and interesting in a lot of ways in the midst of this nonsense and the sets and costumes are beautiful and otherwise it's basically and the music is incredibly fun and it's all in service of a intellectual property cash grab piece of garbage that's it and and i i have written down in my notes part of the reason uh topol von sedow uh dalton and blessed and and peter wingard part of the reason they work is because they get the tone it's it's supposed to be arch it's It's supposed to be this it's space opera in serial in in the truest sense of the biggest space opera and then you have the rest of the cast who is also present they don't they don't get that the most important name in the credits uh that that influenced the tone and what this is like is lorenzo semple jr who also produced the 1960s Batman, Batman TV show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he wrote the pilot when they didn't expect it to be a comedy. And he said, I don't think they knew that I wrote it as a sitcom at first. 
Shelly, what do you think of this one? I, I think of it as a sugary confection. I think of it as something I would watch passing by or while I was at a party or something like that and enjoy it and go, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, look, that's weird or pretty or whatever. Is that Brian um, Blessed? Huh. <laughs> right. And, and the idea that it would be something that would spawn a franchise or IP that would continue uh, or that people would have been fans of it before and gone, oh, another version of Flash Gordon, that just would be incredibly perplexing to me because mm. I I think I think it doesn't hold up in that regard. I think just as a thing that exists out there that is that's kind of fun to watch, especially because of those performance. I mean, that's the kind a movie like this. I look for those performances because having that, I feel like those actors are a lifeline for me when the movie is. I don't care that the plot is dumb, but there are other things about it that are just sort of awful to watch and whether it's the racism or whether it's just like the the porny aspects of it mm-hmm. oh but look that's an interesting performance i'm, yep. I'm gonna watch topol i'm gonna watch von Saito for a while and i'm gonna have a good time i wish it were a little shorter again i think yeah. what is this it's almost two hours and there there are a couple parts in it where i was you know looking at my watch and thinking and, and there weren't even musical numbers it was just long that's a, <laughs> but a, a, I, yeah, the serial heritage a little bit too where they're like and now we're going to go to this planet and now we're going right. to go to this planet it's like yeah but this is one movie guys this is a lot of yeah it didn't have making. an arc it didn't build to i mean you you knew that the idea was we're going to get them you know back off we're going to save the earth we're going to get them back off the planet but but it was really jumpy in terms of getting to the climactic point where you get rid of the ba- the ultimate villain and so you never quite knew well wait all right are we coming to the end now or are we oh no no oh we got some more okay we got to do this thing we got to do this thing over here and so it was jumpy it's no it's not a good movie at all but i didn't hate the time i spent watching it except that it was a little too long hmm. steve i think it's a pity that a movie that clearly some people worked very hard on and did some very good work on particularly like the costuming which i think is gorgeous yeah uh, the acting, 99% of it, I think, is very good. Um, just ends up feeling so limp. You know, it's there's something just... just, And it's ironic for a movie that uh, very closely resembles a 70s porn, but um, it just there's just something blah about the overall affair. And it's, it's a pity because there are things that I do like about it. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just... Unless you're a very undiscerning kid, as I was the first time I watched this, mm-hmm. uh, or high on some pretty good stuff, um, I, I I can't see uh, really enjoying this movie uh, as more than kind of an oddity. But what did you think about Flash Gordon, Steve? <laughs> Just imagine, Monty. I'm, I'm I think I'm going to let you have the last word on this. What did you? Uh, what's your? What are your thoughts about Flash Gordon? I like listening to it because I love the soundtrack. I like looking at it because of the magnificently chintzy production design. (laughs) But I don't enjoy watching it. No. Like two hours of the soundtrack and the production design flashing before my eyes. That's fun. Yeah. If I pay too much attention, my attention just kind of drifts past it. I'm not paying attention anymore. Yeah. I think you could arguably call some of the fight scenes musical numbers. (laughs) <laughs> They're not very good. No. But yeah. I mean, it's some rock and queen tunes and some stuff flying around. The football match fight scene really is similar to that Mars uh, dance number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With the monkey. A bunch of stuff just rolling <laughs> around all over with the place. With the monkeys and then they boo and it stops. And- <laughs> yep. <laughs> ah, well, it, it was fascinating to pair these two movies together and to think about the 1930 and 1980 and 
uh, revisit them. And uh, and to answer your question, which the listeners probably have already learned, um, I guess this really was rocket surgery after all. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Rocket it surgery was. was inside of us all along. It's from the fu- from the past and from the further past. Oh, I cannot wait for the tweets about how Flash Gordon is a great film. Yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, guess I can't wait. Send them all I to Moises. Oh, we didn't mention that Richard O'Brien is in the movie. We know yeah. Richard O'Brien is in the oh, movie. Oh, God. Yeah. I can't That's believe right. you didn't yeah. mention it. Playing against part is kind of a Weasley guy. Yeah. That's He's weird. not in the top five most arch characters. What's going on, Richard O'Brien? <laughs> Get with it. Like <laughs> that's that's just poor use of resources yeah what what if um i i can you imagine if uh if uh old single o was in this movie though that would be something or his son no no or his son no i don't want to imagine that's that's what this movie needed was was vaudeville numbers uh you know songs about swatting flies all right swatting swatting vulture men could uh, you, you really know? do a worse job than Sam J. Jones? Yep, Let's be honest. Put him in the lead <laughs> it's role. Ming. I don't know, Jason. Give me the good old days. I'm already turned on by this girl right now. Emperor Ming, your hats are beautiful. I'm going to do some hat things too, okay? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm in the girl hat. This is a girl voice. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm in the lumberjack hat, and it is my voice. Yep. I don't want to go to any moon. I have to rescue my friend and save the earth. <laughs> I mean, imagine I like you it. have the hero and the villain both being Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Well, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Let me thank my panelists one last time for watching these movies because, you know, that sometimes we take one for the team. Steve Lutz, thank you. Long live the incomparable. Mm. You've saved your podcast. Good day. <laughs> Shelly Brisbane, thank you. Jason, you're supposed to go, yeah, and jump into the air right <laughs> yeah! there. There it is. <laughs> Shelly Brisbane, thank you. I loved my initiation into rocket surgery. Welcome. You're one of us now. <laughs> the, the, I love the, the initiation. Yes. The, the 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 worms come next. <laughs> Monty Ashley, thank you. Uh, Jason, if you're unhappy with these movies, I can offer to kill you again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well said. Well said. Moises Chuyan, thank you. I don't know, Jason. I remember when the incomparable was a steak. <laughs> <laughs> and David J. Laura, thank you. You could feel the cream going down. I was going to say, <laughs> is there no justice, Jason? <laughs> And thanks to everybody out there again for listening to whatever this was. Uh, And you don't watch these movies or if you do, don't blame us. Uh, We will see you next time.